0: Thought this was America! A walkout threatens
1: your favorite shitty beer. Craft beer still does the most corporate thing ever! This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. beer news were contained in a massive 30-barrel fermenter, we are the valve that's about to fail spectacularly and knock you over with a sheer volume of inform- information to the light of the entire internet. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I mean, that is a good description, especially since we
0: we both came with a good amount of stories today. Like, (laughs) so you saw that video then? (laughs) I've seen. I don't know if I've seen the video you're referring to. I've seen videos of like valves getting broken off by forklifts
1: or failing. This is one of the most spectacular ones. It, it, I first started saw it appearing on the, on the usual. There's like a couple of Instagram uh, accounts that are basically beer fails. Uh, you know, uh, security footage at breweries going terribly wrong. But this one actually made the news uh, because Ooh. a valve failed. Beer shot out of the fermenter so hard that it knocked the worker back off his feet. <laughs> he scrambled up and then is like trying to, there's no way to stop it. And then you notice, I was going to say, every video I've ever seen like this, you see him
0: attempt to fight back, and then you see, like, the look of defeat come across <laughs> their
1: face as they step to the side and just watch the beer slowly pour out. The video didn't, like, get to the resigned portion of it, but the, there, there is, a, there is a state. It's amazing. And... By the way, if you're, if you're at all in the industry, you've probably involved been involved in some mess. And there is like this instinct to try to fix it, try to stop it. But eventually your brain just kicks in. And you're like, it's hopeless, man. Just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still remember the time
0: I finished cl- when we were working together at the shop and I finished cleaning one of the lines. And I was getting ready to put the faucet back on, and you coupled the fucking <laughs> keg. And I got yeah. sprayed with Grapefruit IPA from Laughing Dog Brewery. Good times, good times. And I was like, Jeremy! <laughs> just
1: holding my hand over the, fa- the hole, just getting sprayed. Let's... This video was like – go look it up. I, this video was like – I don't know what the guy was doing, but all of a sudden something fails. Beer shoots out of that. He gets blasted backwards. He scrambles to his feet. And then, yeah, tries to adorably, like, stop the oh, beer, yeah. which you might Yeah, have I'm like, you're not going
0: <laughs> to. I also uh, love watching the firkin' fails where they don't hit the faucet in hard enough and it shoots out. And then they try to shove it back in but it's just spraying beer everywhere. <laughs> uh, what are you drinking today? Well, I am drinking the Melange from Fremont Brewing. It's their 2023 release. It's a barrel-aged cuvee. Um, it just says an exclusive
1: blend of barrel-aged, spiced-out, and porter. Uh, comes in at 10%. Damn, so so hitting it hard tonight. Yeah, well, I saw it. It's from October, but I was like, "Huh, I never saw that
0: I don't before." Think I ever saw it either. So, you should really talk to
1: your rep who distributes Fremont. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> we'll go into <laughs> you and I'll talk about that later. <laughs> yes yes we will um i got myself uh the revision there's people wondering what the fuck are they talking about uh it's a thing don't worry <laughs> don't worry about it revision i got the revision cross pollination uh a a collaboration that revision did with uh uh with someone i've forgotten now this is gonna be a great episode i keep on words just leave my brain great basin um, oh uh, it- is it bad that i forgot both of those were still even around revision and uh great basin yeah how do you forget you you know Revision's still around yeah but i, I mean i couldn't tell you what a recent beer affairs is yeah you could that's just, they're, they're kind of on rotation they got social fermentation they've got disco ninja they've got this one cross-pollination there you go now you got one um it is uh, it's a hazy IPA, and uh, uh, I picked this up because uh, we'll be talking about hazy IPAs uh, soon enough. But before we get into that, uh, Tyler, do you want to start us off tonight? Yeah. Uh, a Republican
0: lawmaker in Tennessee is trying to take all that is good and holy out of America and just take a staple out of the American beer culture. Um. Ron Grant uh, is the main sponsor of a bill going through the Tennessee House of Representatives that has been dubbed the Cold Beer Ban. It's made national headlines, and um, while the final version of the bill is still being drafted, after the blowback, it is not going to include any language now that prevents the sale of cold beer. Originally, when this bill was proposed it was going to ban the sale of cold beer in an effort to discourage drinking and driving and not
1: like drinking and then driving like drinking while driving i assume when they say we're banning cold beer i'm it's they're talking about something i think correct me if i'm wrong but they're talking something similar to indiana's law or what indiana's law used to be i haven't checked up on it recently but at some point in time i mean you can buy cold beer like you can buy cold draft beer. But if you go to a supermarket or a gas station and find the beer section, it's sitting there on the shelf just at ambient temperature. Is that what they're correct? OK. Yep.
0: So he, his original idea would have banned refrigerated beer from being sold in gas stations and retail store. Um, fellow Tennessee lawmakers called him out on social media. <laughs> That's the an one- easy pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of them goes, thank y'all, have a good weekend, have a cold beer on me, said John Ray Clemens, a Democratic House caucus chair. Uh, And then another, the lieutenant governor of the state, said, next there'll be outlawing hot coffee, I guess.
1: (laughs) I mean, that is a giant gift to uh, anybody that's either running directly against them or uh, running... Uh, 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 on the opposing ticket because that's oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but for Ron Gant, he said his desire was simple: it's to eliminate the temptation of drink, driving drunk. He said, "Why do we make it so easy for the bad actors to have access to alcohol?"
1: Um, <laughs> I, I. <sighs> I, I... He, he's aware is you can so drink it if it's to... he's aware you can drink it if it's not cold, right?
0: <laughs> well, I'm like the people that are willing to drink a beer driving down the road and like are the bad actors you're referring to, do you really think it being cold or warm is gonna stop them? Also,
1: I don't know Tennessee, alright? But But I have I can make some inferences. But how many people are getting pulled over in Tennessee while actively drinking a beer in the driver's seat. Usually right. it's just somebody coming home from the bar with a few too many. It takes it it, it takes a uh uh it, it takes some it's a ballsy move to be chugging while driving. Uh and to be caught doing that is something so stupid I assumed it didn't happen outside of Texas.
0: Uh Louisiana, it is legal to drink a beer
1: while driving. As long as you're below the legal limit, it used to be legal in Montana too, actually, until I believe like two. The cows voted against it. The what? The cows voted against <laughs> it. I. It was fairly recent that you could that that it was that it was yeah perfectly legal again as long as you were under the legal limit you could be driving down the road in Montana drinking a beer. But, um, but. He was doing this. Uh, one of the main
0: reasons is he got hit head on and almost killed two years ago by an alleged drunk driver. Um, so he's kind of guy
1: actively w- drinking a beer at the time, though. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's all the article said. Fair enough. Uh, but he is still trying
0: to curb the drunk driving while not curbing your access to a cold sixer. Um, he came out to say, I do not want to infringe on law-abiding citizens or be unfair to businesses. So you're not going to pass this then. Um, <laughs> I say, well, you weren't going to anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his other proposals now include a deep study into drunk driving statistics. Um, he the language of this bill would require the Tennessee impaired driving council to develop a comprehensive report, uh, along with recommendations to combat, uh, the increase in drunk driving fatalities that they, the state of Tennessee has seen. Um, alcoholic beverage commission would also, uh, release a report about alcohol and its effect on Tennesseans. Uh, and they would work with, uh, law enforcement to streamline responses to fatal crashes involving alcohol and trace where the offender obtained their alcohol from. And if there are frequent offenders of this store has sold to X amount of drivers getting in drinking and driving, uh, they could potentially lose their liquor license. Uh, or limit the number of drinks someone could purchase at a bar if you don't prove you have a sober ride lined up.
1: I mean, all the, all, all those, fair enough, I suppose, and a lot more effective, I should think, than t- t- we're just not going to keep the beer cold. <laughs> that'll, yeah. learn, that'll teach them. Like, anybody's going to go, I was going to drive down the street about 100 miles per hour while chugging that, but, ah, it's warm. So I guess fine, I'll just geez. go
0: with the fifth of whiskey
1: <laughs> that I can drink neat.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so Jeremy, you got anything better than uh,
1: trying to get warm beer? Uh, not really. No beer, no work news now. Wait, shit. Flip that. Okay. Uh, this week, 400 Teamsters at the Molson Coors Brewery in Fort Worth walked off the job. It started on Saturday... <clears throat> And it precluded- they took our jobs! No, they just walked off with the jobs. Oh. Oh. Um, nobody's doing the jobs. They stole anymore. our jobs! They're, there's just nobody's doing it. It's just... it's You don't know... You're, you're, there's not a lot of striking going on in northern Idaho, is there? <laughs> Actually, I... I Actually, I read. Uh, no. uh, I actually, uh, uh, I, I tur- it turns out, a uh, 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 Northern Idaho has a, uh, a very interesting socialist history. But um, uh, 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 long story short, uh, look up the Dynamite Express. <laughs> and, right. and 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 I think his name was uh, uh, Big Bill Hinckley. Uh, uh, some little nuggets from uh, of of Idaho lore, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, precludes the official strike deadline that's looming on March 1st. That's likely to affect not only most most of uh, uh Molson Coors, but also Anheuser busch Um, the latter strike, uh, the one against Anheuser Bush is the union says was pretty much unavoidable at this point. This comes at a time when Molson Coors especially has been reporting record sales and profits. Last week, it reported uh, 1.5 billion profits uh, in 2023, up 29% from a year earlier. Or to, que- oh, to quote CEO Gavin Hatserly, Uh quote, last year we achieved the highest reported top and bottom figure in the history of our company. Which is great until your workers are looking at your quarterly earnings and their paychecks, and they're seeing one skyrocket and the one uh, not, and your request for being more... fla- <laughs> flatter than fucking Kansas. <laughs> Uh, your, your requests for money get met with faraway stares and vague statements about profit margins and market returns and transcendental flea booties, um, along with the assertion that those are all real things uh, that they need to be concerned about. Uh, they just keep talking until they, their eyes roll back into the head and they, you go away. Um, in light of record profits, the union claimed that the company's offer was insulting, um, offering less than a dollar an hour wage increase for the workers. Um, Sean O'Brien, the Teamsters president, said, uh, and I like the fact that this is uh, uh, between a man named Sean O'Brien and Gavin Hattersley.
0: (laughs) One is like the most poor Irish drunk name. And the other is the most like white collar, trust fund
1: baby, white guy name. Um uh Sean O'Brien said, quote, as long as the profits keep flowing to the top, Molson Corps doesn't give a damn if the workers inside its breweries can afford to take care of their families. Millions go to the CEO, billions go to Wall Street, and a middle finger goes to the workers. It's a great quote, I thought. Uh Welcome to Beer. <laughs> so you might be asking yourself, what does this mean? Am I gonna get be, be able to get my 30 rack of Miller Light uh, uh, tomorrow? Well, first, um my solidarity with the workers. I'm sure your corporate masters appreciate your commitment to self-centered consumption. Uh, and second, uh, yeah, actually, it's probably not going to lead to many disruptions at all. Um, of the 30% or only 30% of Molson Coors' uh, workers are union. And most of those are at the three Canadian facilities. Um, the article... Uh-huh. Did- the article didn't mention exactly how many workers are union specifically in the United States, but it did mention that it operates six breweries in the country, um, and there is capacity to spare at those other five breweries, and they've been building up inventory in the likely event of a strike. So there they were they're, they're sort of prepared for this. Uh, in, a state, in a company statement, Molson Coors said, quote, While we respect the union's right to strike, we have a strong contingency plan and are well-equipped to ensure consumers will be able to buy their favorite Molson Coors products. Um, he added that the offer they gave the union, quote, exceeds local market rates. Uh, when asked with a weight rate for self-important chair named Gavin, uh, the CEO promptly shoved a fistful of money in his ears and said, la, 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 I can't hear you. I'm big man, very important with money in ears. I made that, that last point, but the point stands. <laughs> <laughs> Every big beer company is run by a name, man with a douchey name. That's what I'm learning. Because it's all upper class white dudes. <laughs> So uh uh the only thing worse than white people cooking 90% of the time is their naming abilities. <laughs> so uh yeah, come next week it uh it'll it, it could get interesting in the uh in in the macro world. Uh Tyler, what's next? Well, Jeremy, we're going to hop into
0: keep it kind of corporate um Woo! with corporate non Non competes typically when you think of a non compete, you think of lawyers, doctors, just big business, big corporations. But this is something that's kind of stuck around in the craft beer industry from the get go and hasn't really gone away. Um, it's an article by Vine Pear called When Brewers Enforce Non Competes, Everyone Loses. And the main thread in this is kind of the biggest offender in this of being, like, overly aggressive with their non-competes of Boston Beer Company.
1: What? Who knew a company founded with Enron money would be doing something uh, shady and, uh, and well, corporate? Yeah. They're um, founded with Enron money. Look it up, people.
0: Sorry. We know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: So the article
0: starts off talking about how back in 2011, um, Anchor Brewing and Boston Beer Company got into a spat and legal conflict because Anchor hired former Boston Beer Company sales representative to manage its distributors in Northern California. Um, Boston Beer Company then sued the employee and Anchor Brewing the following day That the house that Sam Adams built had taught said rep everything he knows about the beer business. um, And it was going to cause them detrimental harm for him going to work for Anchor. They eventually settled it out, of course. um, But the Anchor CEO at the time uh, did release this statement. For more than 40 years, Anchor Brewing has set the standard for open and collegial collaboration among the fraternity that is American Craft Brewery. Anchor finds it ironic that Boston Beer feels its training is so special and unique. uh, They must have short memories of the time they spent here at Anchor Brewing. (laughs) Gaining firsthand knowledge of how craft beer was working <laughs> when they lost.
1: Oh, it's rough when shit like that comes up.
0: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, but some time has passed since then. Um, and really, not much has changed. Kind of on the Boston Beer Company trying to enforce non-competes. They're one of the few breweries that actually sign, make their employees sign a non-compete. Uh, Whereas, like the major players of Anheuser-Busch and Molson Coors only make their higher-level employees sign non-competes, Boston Beer Company, it is everyone has Hmm. to sign a non-compete. It's a one-year non-compete in the industry. So you have to take a full year off of working in beer if you decide to leave. Um the non or leave Boston Beer Company. They're currently being sued by a couple former employees as well as
1: currently suing some other employees. Um <laughs> going the full uh, g- uh going the full Stone Brewing on uh, on the world are they? Yep.
0: Um and With this, uh, a couple of the former employees um, are – one is claiming that because he had to take a year off out of the craft beer industry, he's not able to get another job because the industry has continued to develop without him there and is not able to get hired back into the industry at a livable wage. And so he – now has to look for a job outside the industry. Um, with this, it's there's a couple of people in this article that they actually interview uh, with professors that are experts in this field, and they bring up how the whole uh, defense of this helps protect customer goodwill and Protect confidential information. It's basically just one giant crock of horseshit.
1: No, do tell. Uh, <laughs> and how? Wait, uh, wait, wait. Are you cynically suggesting this is just a ploy to to uh, uh, to enforce their will on employees that find they have will have little uh, recourse ex- uh, to even quit and uh, have to leave the industry altogether? That way, they can kind of do whatever mm. the fuck they want uh, in in the first place. I'm shocked. This is my shocked face. Yep. Uh, and also, it does, in a recent survey,
0: most Americans, 66%, uh, to be exact, support the Federal Trade Commission's proposed ban of non-compete agreements across the country.
1: Um, I think only, like, I think I read, uh, uh, saw something that said, only like 70% of people uh uh like pie so uh, that's what we're talking about here like that's essentially <laughs> a consensus <laughs> yeah that's essentially everybody you know except for the really weirdos you know the the, the 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 fucked up people that the same fucked up people going nah i hate pie what's wrong with yep. you it's... <laughs> um
0: so evan star uh who has his PhD and is an assistant professor of management and organization at Robert H Smith school of business at the university of Maryland. God damn, is that name any longer than it fucking felt like I was reading a Woodland empire beer name, like from three years ago. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I miss it. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. (laughs) Uh, So this – he goes on to say the covetous corporate guarding of secrets, real or imagined, hurts both the employees and the employers. Um, And the evidence points in the direction that the firms are made worse by having the non-competes. They impose hiring, hiring, higher hiring costs on everyone. So what happens is basically the companies that are doing that get stagnation where the workers are not sorting to their best jobs Um, and less happy workers are less productive. Um, So being stuck somewhere because you like working in that industry but if you'd have to take your non-compete um, basically, lead to more dissatisfied workers, less creativity happening, less results happening, and a more struggling business. Um, and there are different things that companies can actually do to protect some of these trade secrets, like Boston Beer Company's Twisted Tea recipe, for example, a <laughs> uh, non compete
1: isn't the only tool to protect that um, where you can do... Let me clear it up. Pond water and vodka. Done. Um, Sue me, boss of your company. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But what can happen is if someone does, there are non-disclosure agreements that they can um, put in place that, and non solicit agreements where you couldn't sell the recipe or use that knowledge to help prevent, but you could still get a job working with another company in the industry. But if they were to release something that was identical, then they could come after you violating your non-disclosure So it still gives the employee freedom, but protects the company. Um, Also, um, Starr references a 2023 study he co-authored on the effects of the Washington state law that invalidated non-compete agreements for employees earning less than $100,000 annually. What happened when that law went into effect is rather than bump up worker salaries to just above the six-figure threshold to keep them eligible for their non-competes. Firms decided non-disclosures and non-solicitation agreements were just as powerful and uh, still gave them the freedom to go out and chase uh, better pay opportunities. And uh, so they kept their salaries there and then made them sign these other agreements and got rid of the non-competes. And everyone was the better
1: well it, arguably well i guess actually no they they got the people got their salaries they were looking for and yeah uh, but your point is well taken there are other ways if you're looking really looking to protect um uh, uh uh your trade secrets although i'm again i'm skeptical of any trade secret the boston beer company has um other than what makes their uh, the a can of twisted tea uh work as a bludgeoning weapon that's uh uh, that's an interesting fact, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and they then ed- end the article
0: with an excerpt from Quench Your Own Thirst, Business Lessons Learned Over a Beer too Two uh, from Jim Koch, the founder of Boston Beer Company. What if you spend all that time and money trading people and they leave? He asked me. On the face of it, the question makes sense, but I told the distributor he needed to think of it this way. What if you don't train people and they stay? Isn't that worse? Well, Boston Beer Company, listen to your own fucking advice.
1: <laughs> Does he actually run it anymore, or is he just kind of there, just kind of wandering the halls like a? a... I think
0: he's basically just shows up for the commercials, and he's like, <laughs> "Fuck, what do we make again?"
1: <laughs> Does he have a uh, just walking around with a pint of Sadums going? what are all these people doing here it's all right buddy yeah (laughs) yeah um but moral of the story
0: like it's so crazy that an industry basically built on anti-corporatism does one of the most corporate things with non-competes and to really in a time of stagnation in the and slowing of growth in the craft beer industry Any company doing this needs to get rid of it. Let's let the market grow. Let's let people move around and really just kind of kickstart that fire passion and get craft beer moving in the right direction again.
1: Absolutely. Jeremy, what do we got? Come on, Hayes bros, fight me news now. I don't think this is actually news, but I do sound like me. (laughs) I did notice something interesting uh, in this article from the San Francisco Chronicle by Esther Mobley. Um, Esther points out that uh, hazy IPAs are everywhere. I don't know if you've heard of them, Tyler. Um, no, never I, heard I, of them. Before. I got one of these uh, hazy IPAs, uh, and I'm going to drink it while reading this article, which is going to become very ironic in a second. Um, uh, she points out that they are everywhere with a kind of breathless exasperation that makes me sort of smile and go, oh. You must be new here. Well, welcome. Um, Can I get you a beer? Uh, But it's true. Um, I first realized that the style was well and truly out of control on my last visit to Portland back in 2019. I managed to drag my wife to four breweries, which is quite a feat, by the way. Uh, great About no- five more than she wanted to go to. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, great Notion, Ecliptic, Breakside, and I can't remember what the other one is right now. I was thumbing through my pictures, but I couldn't find them. But all of them, all of them had multiple hazy IPAs. In fact, AP- IPA in one form or another was sometimes the only thing on the menu with the exception of a lager or two. Um and great notion. Great notion also had a had a smattering of like dessert stouts, pastry you know, stouts, yeah. and slushy sours. and um, sampling trays, which in years past featured samples of varying bitterness across the SRM spectrum, was now as mono was just monochrome and turbid yellow. Um, the article noted that in 2018, 1.5 percent of all craft beer was classified as a hazy IPA. 2023, it was seven percent. Which is quite a jump for a for a a, a style that, <clears throat> in its like most coveted forms, costs this one uh, this one retails at five eighty nine a sixteen ounce. Fuck, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I got my fucking beer cheaper than that for a sixteen ounce can. Um, she goes into the history of the style and what makes it different from a normal IPA. I'm not going to do that because I feel like it's been well documented on this podcast. And I think our core audience probably has a pretty good uh, grasp of it. But um, um, if you don't, uh, uh, you know, stop by the Google it, bitch. (laughs) The part of this article that did amuse me was not the preponderance of hazy IPAs or even that the craft beer nerds and brewers are sort of sick of them. It was this nugget from the article, quote, They've become so popular, in fact, that hazy IPAs are likely to induce groans among some craft beer nerds. Multiple brewers have told me that they're sick of hazies, then asked me not to print that. No one wants to bite the hand that feeds them, it seems. To which I thought, holy shit, they're afraid of haze bros. It's, listen. When haze
0: bros pay your mortgage,
1: <laughs> you would be too. Listen, it's one thing to reluctantly made reluctant a word like that or something um, to make against your will, sort of kind of to make hazy IPAs. If you're running a business, you make what the people want. And if the people want water squeezed from the mop used to clean the Tropicana bottling plant, then that's what you got to do. Uh, you might argue with the merits of the style, but it's hard to argue with empty kegs and the dollars flowing into the cash register. Um So, yeah, there's a I see I understand the reason why a lot of these breweries have five different hazies on draft that all roughly taste like a fruit bowl dropped into a pile of lawn clippings. Uh, It's because that people will buy every single one of them and talk about how they all taste exactly the same. I can't fault that. And and literally, you could just brew the same beer every time and put a different label on it
0: and they're going to fucking defecate themselves trying to get it
1: but afraid to put their name to a quote, saying that one is tired of a style that has completely saturated the, saturated the brewery scene? Like, what the fuck do they people, what do they think is gonna happen if they let slip that they think hazy IPAs take like a mango farmer's sweat sock? Are they gonna be inundated with dazed, beardy white guys who wear stocking caps in fucking July raising their beflanneled fists in outrage? Is the relationship of their clientele so perilous that mere suggesting that there are are in existence beer styles that don't taste like a diabetic tangerine's blood sample might leave the taproom completely empty as everyone has a massive collective existential collapse? Is this industry honestly being held hostage and forced at uh, the gunpoint of public opinion to relentlessly produce and reproduce and re-reproduce the same beer that looks and smells like the dregs of a Ziploc baggie of prison hooch? I don't know. (laughs)
0: i'm just i'm here for all the analogies of (laughs) hazy ipa
1: i'm trying to see how many you got so keep going i got three more i got three i got three more because i've decided that i'm I'm not a channel my inner southern baptist Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm amen I'm not afraid of the, hazy, the haze bros, all right? And I'm, and I'm going to make it clear right now. Hazy IPA tastes like the kind of candy you would placate, you would use to placate a three-year-old, assuming that three-year-old instantly transmogrified into a 30-year-old with a lumberjack fetish. Hazy IPA is what you would get if you, if you went to a deranged psychotic and said, make me something that tastes like your mind. Hazy IPAs taste like a mandarin oranges suicide note. Send your comments to it's allbeer at gmail.com. Uh you can also leave a comment on our Facebook page. Come at me, haze bros. You
0: turbid motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> uh that that felt uh, that felt uh, uh and, and now I'm gonna drink my hazy IPA. <laughs> oh. <coughs> normally
0: I'm the one who gets on a soapbox about something like that. So it was actually really, that's why you like getting me riled up. It was really refreshing. Isn't it
1: fun to see it from that angle? Oh, it is. <laughs> not to be fair. Except you didn't have enough blood vessels popping in your forehead. <laughs> the thing is, is I'm not really angry about hazy IPAs. I don't drink a lot of hazy IP. Well, I drink a lot of hazy IPAs cause I taste them for work. But if I'm out and about, I don't tend to drink them because it, meh. But, uh, <laughs> but it was that was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see if uh, uh, again. I'm, I'm trying to let's pick a fight, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> uh, well, Tyler, what do you got for us?
0: Well, Jeremy, what goes better with a beer than a shot of liquor?
1: Um, let's see. Um, busty redhead. Well, uh, okay,
0: you got me there. Uh, yeah, but a shot of liquor is less likely to stab
1: you in your sleep. This is so... True. Yeah, and easier to get a hold of, too. I don't know. Uh-huh.
0: But uh, this is an article from Tasting Table that is the 12 popular beer and a shot drinks from around the
1: world. So I figured, let's take a walk down Degenerate Lane and uh, see... <laughs> I've always wondered about like uh, the people who who uh, uh, have a beer and a shot at the same time because there's something about okay, here's my here's my drinking here's my drinking booze and here's my getting fucked up fast booze. I need to do the fucked up fast booze, and then I'm going to do the drinking booze, and I'm going to do like three of the fast boozes, and then I'm going to fall down on the floor as God intended. Hey, I can't complain. I For
0: work, I recently partnered with uh, one of the liquor reps and we're doing a beer and shot special with one of our beers, one of their liquors. And it's a shot of whiskey and a pint of our beer. And it's boosted sales for us. So I ain't going to fuck with it. Like, take my name off that quote. Uh,
1: (laughs) Thankfully, there's no record of it.
0: (laughs) Oh, but so for the worldwide one, it is. The good old fashioned boilermaker. Uh also Classic. known as the club sandwich in many parts of the Miss West, Midwest. <clears throat> Only in the worst but who calls it that? I don't know, but I kind of want to start calling it the club sandwich. I I, I <laughs> dig the name. Alright. Uh, it's a whiskey shot and a pint of beer. It's the chameleon and it's if you've ever been to a bar and seen one of these degenerates,
1: Jeremy and I are talking about, ourselves included sometimes. I mean, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? I mean, if you have you not been to a dive bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go to Japan next for the sake bomb. I mean, sake is not really liquor. It's a it, it tops out at like 20 percent. Okay, but it's still
0: technically a shot. Alright. It it didn't say liquor.
1: Alright, fair enough.
0: Um which I got obliterated one night on sake bombs in downtown <laughs> Boise. Uh
1: where were you wait, in downtown Boy where were you drinking sake bombs in downtown Boise?
0: <laughs> so we hit like four other bars, and then my buddy's like, you wanna go do a sake bomb? I was like, I've never done a sake bomb. He's like, let's go down to Ramapong when Ramapong was still a thing. We did, like, four or five sake bombs, and then we continued on with our night, which was a bad idea because pre-gaming sake bombs and then doing sake bombs and then going out for more drinks just really made the night blurry.
1: Um, Pre-ch- pre-child life was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, I mean, So if you're unfamiliar, you put a shot of sake on top of a
0: pair of chopsticks on a glass of beer. You pound the table so the chopsticks slide out. The sake shot falls down in, and you slam it. Ew. Eh, it's pretty fun. Okay. Next up, we're going to Scandinavia.
1: And they, the sick, shot and beer. What do these sick motherfuckers come up with? Aquavit and a beer chaser. So why particularly. Why would you pour cologne in your goddamn beer? What is wrong with you Viking motherfuckers? I have, I had no
0: clue what Aquavit was. I have no like, idea what it I is mean, either. No. So, um, particularly in Denmark, uh, enjoying Aquavit with a meal is a beloved tradition. It's a flavored Scandinavian spirit, typically infused with caraway dill or coriander. Ew. It holds the title of the national drink of Scandinavia. And it's enjoyed during festive vacations like midsummer or Christmas. It's typically served along some hearty dishes, such as pickled herring and meatballs. Um, it helps Aiden digest It, after <laughs> it helps cover emails. up the
1: flavor of those two things with something even slightly less um, repulsive.
0: <laughs> however, recently the youth, the Scandinavian youth, uh, have discovered an inventive, <laughs> a more quick and effective way to enjoy the national treasure. Instead of food, with each in between each sip, the aquavit is paired with a beer as refreshing an air as a refreshing and aromatic taster usually a light lager or pilsner uh, helps cleanse the palate between sips of this liquor uh, enhancing the overall drinking experience
1: so <laughs> i mean i guess my argument would be um it's i i i, I think that drink could be instantly improved <coughs> By removing the aquavit, but I don't know. Maybe I'll. Like, maybe I'd like it. I. I I'm. It, some of those like bitter. Some of those like bitter digestive like drinks are starting to grow on me. Maybe it's an old age thing. I'm. It's an old um, man.
0: The the closest I could think is like how in craft beer, Undebergs have become all the rage. You do yeah. a Shout out Undeberg is but. still
1: repulsive. That is not a.
0: Oh, I'm sure that is repulsive. If you drink it. So you can eat pickled herring, like. <laughs> really um, really, so, compl-
1: really compliments the flavor. Yeah, that's not a good thing for either of those. <laughs> yeah. So next we're going to Korea with Pukkanu. It's I don't know. So nice to hear you try to pronounce <laughs> things. <and laughs> really, anything. I mean, Korean yeah. is the least of your worries, I should think. So, uh, apparently, this is the Korean
0: drinking ritual that epitomizes that the strongest bonds are forged forged over shared laughter and spilled drinks. Uh, it involves dropping a shot of any liquor into a glass filled with beer creating a fizzy explosion of flavor and a story to tell. They don't even fucking care. They're just like,
1: <laughs> just anything. Those f- Anything and anything. Those sick motherfuckers just some tequila in. <laughs> yeah. I've, and uh, also, the, a, a friend of mine, I don't know what they, uh, the same thing exists in Korea, but a friend of mine brought back some liquor from China. And I shit you not that it tasted like a laundry basket. And not a fresh one
0: either. It does say for an authentic experience, try it with soju, a clear distilled spirit from rice and grains. It's one of Korea's most popular beverages and
1: insanely affordable. So I'm assuming it doesn't taste good. (laughs) Affordable does not usually translate into, into delicious. Next, we're going to the city of brotherly love, unless you root against
0: their team, Philadelphia. Oh, oh,
1: uh, there is, oh, let me guess what theirs, theirs is. Um, you take a beer, and then you punch somebody in the mouth, and then whatever blood and teeth fall into the beer, that's what you drink. Close. So
0: if you pay the $5 tolls across the Franklin Bridge, <laughs> you can walk into almost any pub, slap $4 on the bar, and ask for the citywide special. Um, it's a Philly favorite that was created at Bob and Barbara's Lounge that consists of a shot of Jim Beam and a can of Pabst Blue Ribbon. It was originally named the Special, but other bars caught on to the trend and st- started adopting it, so it became the Citywide Special. Um, and apparently, you walk into any bar and ask for the Citywide Special,
1: and you they'll hand you a shot of Jim Beam and a PBR. I... I pop, Part of my two things. Number one, part of me wants to try this. The other part is, Philadelphia is exactly the kind of city that would like just tell the rest of the world this, so that every once in a while someone comes into a bar and does this. They laugh, beat the shit out of them, rob them blind, throw them out into the street.
0: Yeah, that that te-
1: that checks out. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'll wait for so, someone you try it first, Tyler.
0: Uh, I'll see if I can find someone who lives over in Philly and find out if this is actually a real thing. Uh, <laughs> next, we're going to Russia for yours.
1: Um, and where they this... where they where they take a beer, realize that they don't have any beer they throw the glass away and just drink vodka until they stop until they drink so much. They don't realize they're in Russia anymore. But uh, close. Um, <laughs> so it is a Moscow
0: tradition that uh, you down a large beer with a heavy pour of vodka. Yes. <laughs> so you mix, you
1: mix the beer with a lot of vodka, apparently. Yeah, it makes the beer go further. They are very economical people, very pragmatic, the Russians. Um, next, we're going to the UK, and it's the snake bite. Okay, that one I actually knew, the snake bite. I actually had a long yep. discussion about uh, what, uh, what this is, so uh, settle an argument for me. What is a snake bite? Well, first of all, it is actually banned in the UK
0: what uh, it's not outright illegal but it's banned in so many pubs because of its ability to just get you fucked up really uh, it's basically the brits version of a four loco
1: <laughs> all right then it's much different than i think than, than <laughs> i've been led to believe what, so, what is a snake bite
0: so you take a half part of lager. And a half part of cider. Okay, that's exactly what I thought it was. Fun, yep. How does that get you fucked but up? Because it's light. Because it's light, refreshing. And so people just, and it's slightly right. sweet, and so you want to drink more. You're just slamming,
1: slamming, slamming. And the British lack the uh, that in, inherent barrier against self-annihilation that you and I take for granted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a slight barrier of self-preservation that we
0: have. they don't and they're like,
1: I need 20 of these. You're talking about listen, you're talking about a country that had to have that, that moved their elections from a weekend to a weekday for the express purpose so that so that more people would show up to vote sober. <laughs> their their Fair predilection enough. for for fucking themselves up so great that they, the choice to, needed to be removed from them. Um. So, the next
0: one is in France. I don't quite count it, so I'm just gonna kind of brush over it real quick. <laughs> it it's a shot of orange flavor can true with Red Bull called the Skittles Bomb.
1: Okay, that's not beer. Uh, yeah. So, skipping over that. The the orange liquor in a Four Locos. <laughs> Next up, California with
0: the Corona Sunrise. I hate it already. Uh, so, it think the tequila sunrise um I it's won't. a cocktail made with Tequila, orange juice, and grenadine. But instead of orange juice,
1: you put a Corona extra. So it's tequila, Corona, and grenadine. I love tequila. I I, I really, really do. I I really enjoy it. The thing is, it does not play well with others. It is... (laughs) When you're drinking tequila, you should not have other things he needs his space. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, next we're going to go to Ireland. Jeremy, would you like to guess? Oh, let me think here. Um, well, uh, I'll, if it's, if it is a, if it's an Irish car bomb, I'll tell you, no, do not do that in an Irish pub. No, I know that. I knew a guy at, I, was at a fraternity conference,
0: and a guy was like, "Yeah, I was in Ireland this summer, and I ordered an Irish Car Bomb." And the bartender looked at me and said, "We don't have any of those, but we got a nine eleven. Poured two shots of one fifty one and lit them on fire."
1: And I was like,
0: "Oh, damn."
1: That must be a joke, all because I have because because the same thing happened to a friend of mine. Basically, that same story, although it was just two big shot glass. He didn't light it on fire, but it was like that's a twin towers, you motherfucker. <laughs> uh,
0: so this is uh, the Dublin Drop. So it's a Dublin Stout and cream, uh, Irish cream in the bottom of a shot glass, layer Jameson on top, drop it into a shot of Guinness, and chug it.
1: Uh no, because that's gonna make the Irish cream curdle, and I disagree with that. That is fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I d- fair enough but... Listen, I, I, I realized immediately that any drinks that can that that will cause things to curdle are an abomination and should be refused. <coughs> that is not correct. Next, we have the spaghetti. (laughs) We've talked about this one. We've talked about this one, haven't we not? Yes,
0: we have. This is for Italy. So, the spaghetti, if you don't remember, is uh, apérol, a shot of apérol, lemon juice, and a Miller High Life. And the final one, I also don't count because (laughs) it's. The Jäger Bomb. With Jägermeister and fucking Red Bull. And was like, that's not fucking
1: beer. So. I mean, uh, I guess you're going to count the uh, uh, the French one, then, you know. I didn't count the French one, so. Fair enough. Jeremy, take us home. Oh, we're not going home anytime soon. We're going uh uh we're we're going into we're going to a bad place tyler um i think um i think it's it's fair to say that we we love beer here uh like a lot um to the point of obsession maybe so it is, it is in that spirit that I asked Tyler have you ever wanted to fuck a beer no <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to be so cr- all right that was that was a little bit crude let me just. Doesn't have to be so raw and exploitative. It can be loving. Like you take the beer out. Just, I don't know, out a restaurant would be best. Definitely not to a brewery. We just start, fi- you just start a fight. there, getting excited about all the new younger beers out. Um, you take the, uh, go out for a nice evening, uh, you know, open, you know, and have a nice dinner, go home, maybe open up the can. A Make sure bit. they're
0: kind of cold. <laughs> take them for a little romp in the car.
1: Uh mm. Uh, Open up the can and, um, you know what? Speed down Uh, the highway. I I don't, I, I don't probably precipitate an embarrassing medical emergency at this point, but I'm proud to say that if you're so deep into craft beer that it's morphed into a beer can fetish, well, I have found the solution for you as long as there's no questions about what I was looking at when I found this, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> this. that was the first thing honestly <laughs> when i saw you post this on our facebook
0: page i was like what the fuck has he been looking at that this popped up or this was his targeted ad
1: this popped up on my news feed and that's and that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> Now that Fair probably enough. still that probably still doesn't say anything good about me, other than it has beer in the name, so he will enjoy this. It has beer in the name, and it's fucked up. Uh, uh, this comes from Vice, and it's writ- and it was written by Mary Frances Knapp. I don't normally read stories verbatim. I like to ingest the information and explain it in my own odiferous way. But in this case, the opening paragraph is so wonderfully written that why mess with perfection? Whoa. Oh, I can't wait for this. Love beer? Of course you do. You're a patriotic, corn-eating child of Christ. Your unwavering passion for the pint deserves to be reciprocated, which is why we're hosting this virtual ribbon cutting for Shag's Luscious Lager, the first ever ever fuckable beer can. (laughs) That's right, folks. There is now a beer-shaped male masturbator uh, for um, uh, novelty sex for the novelty sex toy collector, small brewery supporters, and people who want to get a leg up on their white elephant gift shopping. Um, the beer can. <laughs> which- How much is this? Because <laughs> you might be getting a Christmas gift. The weird, the beer can, which already graces our Instagram feed, as Tyler hinted, um, and will surely be the cover for this podcast episode. Features the script, reminiscent of Schlitz, Schlitz, Schlitz. Um, which was holy always vaguely suggestive. I mean, just say it, schlitz. Come on, baby, you want to come to my place for a bit of schlitz? That's grounds for fucking sexual harassment. Anywho, <clears throat> it looks like <laughs> it looks like a beer can with that signature script, and inside it features, and I'm not making this shit up, four internal pleasure chambers named the Arise Chambers, the Apex Chamber, the Squeeze Chamber. And the exceed chamber. They're, they really missed a
0: chance here. Not calling it like the mash tun, the <laughs> boil kettle, the
1: ferment, uh, the fermenter, and the bright tank. Like, I mean, I don't think it's targeted for brewers. I think it's just anybody who just, well, anybody who uh, 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 needs to f- to fuck something and uh, uh, and no humans are present and be. Uh, needs that thing to be a beer can for whatever reason. Um, I just thought it was a very male thing for the chamber that is designed to, quote, get you over the finish line every time. Is called the exceed chamber. Yes, you have fulfilled your biological requirement into a piece of silicon that looks like a beer can. Way to exceed expectations. <laughs> Our ancestors would. <laughs> Fucking kill themselves. Just a little window into the frail male ego, male ego, right there. Yeah, I exceeded. Uh. Anyway, it retails for thirty three ninety five. If you have a beer can collection and wish to hide your fuck toys and playing site, go for it, or don't. Uh, um, you know, just be all. Yep, that's the beer can I fuck this is going to be an
0: expensive gag gift
1: Uh, fast forward because to- I want to buy it for one of my co-workers <laughs> and just not tell them what it is <laughs> just wait till they have to open it in front of uh, it, I don't know would they open it in front of the company or in front of their family probably <laughs> company wide elephant <laughs> just like just looking at and they, how they just look at that, and they look directly at you.
0: but <laughs> actually, been... on my work, I'd probably be
1: third or fourth, something. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Unless they're aware of this podcast, in which case your your your, your, your suspicions just went up. I'd still probably be second. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that, uh, but uh, there you go, uh, 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 a little something to get you on the finish line. Tyler, do you have anything else for us? <coughs> right. I don't. All right. Well, this has been It's All Beer. Um, Haze bros, come fight me. You can do so at our, on our email. At, uh, it's all beer at gmail.com. Um, got- or call the sex
0: toy company and ask them why they made a lager, not a hazy IPA for you to fuck. <laughs> Coming soon slap a hazy IPA label on it.
1: <laughs> Coming soon in more ways than one. <laughs> uh, you can check out uh, our Instagram feed, uh, Facebook feed, um, and if you're so inclined, you can leave us a review on uh, Facebook or uh, places where you get podcasts. Uh, I think. It's a a um, and uh, yeah, that will be quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. Have fun. I'm going to fuck a beer.
0: (laughs) God help you.